When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, Luce Cannon. And with me, as always, is the powerful and attractive Baco. How are you, <laughs> sir? I'm good. How are you? I'm excellent. It's, uh, it's been a little bit since we got together, which is the theme. I think we said that at the beginning of every episode that we, <laughs> that we record. Yeah, it's, gonna, it's, it's the, it's our, what do you want to call it? Our, our, it's the format. Our format. Yeah, yeah. You, got, you got to do the one, two, three, four. You know, <laughs> you, you, you keep it consistent every time. So yeah. now, now last... Consistent. Last time, I'm actually, uh, you know, we're doing this through Skype, and it tells you the length of time you were on the last phone call. Mm-hmm. And it says the last session that generated five episodes was three hours and four minutes on that. You know, that's uh, actually pretty efficient. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we got five episodes out of that. I know, but I don't think I mean, any... it's not a lot of, lot of um, filler. Yeah, but I don't think any man should talk to another man for three hours on the, on the <laughs> phone or anything. I'm okay with that too. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll just get past that. But anyway, so that and why don't you recap for those that are coming here for the first time what we what we sliced and diced and came up with for those five episodes because it kind of just went all over the place. And what what our idea is now is Baco and I are going to get together once a month, just talk about everything uh, that's going on in the last uh, month. So it's kind of like um, last week's news tonight. Or whatever that show yes. is. Yeah. Very well. Um, 
why don't you break it down? What, what, what do well, we? We opened up with a Motley Crue conversation, kind of discussing the whole you know final tour and what it means, and that of course spun into discussions of whether you know how Mick Mars gets <laughs> moved from one part of the stage to another. But yes, um, boy, uh, and then yeah, I pretty much blacked out. I don't remember. Anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a it was a lot of drinking and and. Uh, uh, and I think the middle part, like you said, which episode do you think we were the most drunk and then we sobered up yeah, and, and powered yeah, through it? Yeah, it seemed like um, the second, like, it seemed like both of us, it, at least it, it sounded like, oh boy, the Slurring. next few episodes are not going to be so good. But I think the blue it's balls. almost like we pulled it back together. Yeah, the blue balls one. Yeah, because we talked about Wyland, I know, because um, he had just uh, died Passed, right yeah. around that time. Um, yeah, it's basically the top five rock and roll hall yeah. of fine. Rock and roll wrapped hit. up the year. Talked about yeah, right, yeah, the rock yeah. And top five and everything. We like that. basically inducted everybody into the rock and roll hall of fame because <laughs> I don't know how it works. Yeah, sure. Uh, yep, absolutely. Yes, everybody. Go on. I, I was apparently just in a really agreeable because I pretty much disagree with everything I said. Listening back. To it. Uh, so tonight's going to be the same kind of thing. We're going to just get a little loose, get a little, uh, get a little cra- crazy, and. Um, break down a lot of the, the news out there in the hard rock world and I am going to crack open beer number two which is kind of beer number three and four because I'm drinking a pretty hefty one like seven or eight percent but um Born into a glass too a little sound effect oh there. yeah you like that I do it's excellent it could be a little thirsty now. I gotta I gotta start drinking a little faster now okay okay um, well, hey, I had a, a special surprise for you. I wanted to uh, share right off the top. Because <laughs> I can't wait. I, I know this is going to, uh, if you had a bad day, this is going to cheer you up. And if not, just play it back. But you know how, like, when we first started, it was very important to both of us that we ended up coming up with, uh, like, I don't know, uh, stage names or, or, like, showbiz names. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. Yeah, right now he's going, I don't think we ever talked. Yeah, we do. Well, I'll go with that for the story. Continue yes. on. Yes, it yes was, that was, it was a long conversation. We debated I, on it. Go ahead. I got the names. Go ahead. So for uh, this point forward, as, as I'm sure you'll agree, we can go with these names. I will be Daryl Hot Rod, <laughs> and uh, you are going to be Craig Polnachukovich. But What is the last name? Polnachukovich. It rolls off the tongue. Polnachukovich? Yeah. Craig Polnachukovich. And those, those are the those are the stage names that you worked out. Yeah, what do you think? So, what else do you want to talk about? <laughs> All right, Baco, why don't you summarize what today's uh, theme is? Well, if it's if we're not going with Daryl Hot Rod, um, today's theme is going to be uh, we're just going to kind of kick it back to I don't know new music. You know, there's some stuff coming out. Uh, Probably by the time people hear it, it'll be out. There's also just some other things we're going to kind of toss back and forth and, and then just talk about almost anything that's going on from Guns to Guns N' Roses oh, yeah. to Def Leppard and uh, some recent uh, passings of uh, rock icons. So. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So why don't you break down? I know that you had the uh, esteemed because of the the power in the music industry of Decibel Geek that you were able to obtain <laughs> a advanced password protected crazy ass streaming private oh yeah link and I, to Megadeth. Just real quick on that, it was because I I opened it at work right, and then I got home and then I couldn't use it anymore, so I had to email. Thankfully, the the woman was like. I don't know if she ever leaves the office because, you know, this is 7 o'clock at night and I, I guess I won't be writing the review tonight. And she responded right away and got me a new link. 
Uh, the next day, that link didn't work anymore, but she had already sent me a third link, which now does not work anymore. So they're getting pretty... Uh, <laughs> and and uh, I saw... Um, well, what's that fucking foreign record label that does all these melodic rock 80s kind of hash-ups? Uh, uh, Frontiers? Yeah, Frontier, sure. Yeah, they're, they're doing only stream advanced releases, and they're going to try to keep it within a few days of the actual album release. Um, so I think this is kind of where it's going... Uh, so it's like but, Mission Impossible. Get, yeah. Oh, it, it, like, yeah, that's a lot of... I've never had to do deal with uh, that many layers, and I've done it in advance. So anyway, what, what do you think of the, um, the album? Or, well, well, I guess I should say, how did it sound since you're streaming and listening and reviewing it that way? I mean, what was the... I mean, it sounded, you know, uh, pretty good. I mean, it, the, the sound quality was not much of an issue. It, it's not real convenient to to stream music for review because I, I typically like to put it through my stereo uh and i also like to hear it in my car to be honest with you for, for rock music especially sure that's a big I, I personally put a big connection to it so when people want me to write a review for their record i prefer to have something i can carry around whether it's a physical product or an mp3 that i can throw on a thumb drive and, and put in my car and and listen to it in that setting as well just so i can kind of you know absorb the record a little bit i try to be fair you know, at least in the sense of like, I'm going to listen to this thing more than a couple times. But all right, so music um, labels, the ones that still exist, you've heard Baco's demands. <laughs> this is what he requires when he does his review. Want physical CDs delivered to my house by the artist? I want them to wait <laughs> and signed right in wait. front of you. I want them to wait outside while I listen to it. <laughs> Not, don't touch anything. Oh, <laughs> hey, the record's great, man. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, I, what, you're a fan, right? I'm a I'm a, I'm a big Megadeth fan. First off, I loved Endgame. Yep. Endgame, I thought was a great fucking album. It was the best one they put out for a long time, in my in my opinion. And they, and then after that, I was so psyched because who's the who's the producer they were used for a couple times? He's been um, he's pretty famous. Endgame was somebody different, but the last two was Johnny K. Yeah. Okay. So the one before it is actually the guy that produced the Accept comeback albums. I can't remember what his name is, but, um, and they all sound really good. So that one was excellent. And then, then the 13 Mustaine's vocals were way too high. And the, the strongest part of Megadeth, a lot of times, it depends. I mean, his, his voice can be great in the, in the right context, but you know, and, and the attitude and everything like that, it's got so much personality, but the, but those, <laughs> but those, if you can call it that, but, but the, but the thirteen and the I did not like Super Collider, either. Um, and I liked them both, but they really? were downgrade. Well, like, you liked it, didn't? But didn't you notice the vocals were way too high on thirteen? Or you didn't? Is that you don't? You're gonna notice it uh, next time you listen to it. By the way, yeah, I mean it's probably been. Yeah, I haven't listened to it in the last year. That's for sure. Uh, Super Collider was a little disappointing. I more so than thirteen. Really? Thirteen mm-hmm. kind of carried on a little bit. Where Endgame one, Endgame still was. I put Endgame, you know, probably one of their four or five best records. Absolutely, I do too. It's it's like Rust in um, Peace. I actually really like. Um, not to keep you interrupting your actual review, <laughs> but but I, I really like So Far So Good So What because yeah. even though the production is so rough, that record like but you the, can the production actually kind of. I I know what you're saying. I actually mentioned that record as maybe being their last one with borderline. Production, production but, right? But I, but I actually I, I like the production on it. It fits what they were doing, and also you know with you know that's when Mustaine was probably at his peak, being a bit of a drug train wreck. Oh yeah, and and that that album I I think is is my favorite because of the fact that it sounds you can actually hear 
the band just like on the verge of just insanity. I don't know what it is. It's so rough. And have you ever heard the remastered version of it? No. Okay. So he, and this is the only version that's out there streaming, for example, too. I have both versions of So Far, So Good, So What. So basically, and I know we're going on a tangent here, but I'm, I'm a, I'm, <laughs> but it, that's what we do. So they, yeah. so so Megadeth, right when, uh, do you remember when Dave Mustaine like broke his hand or had something where he didn't think he was ever going to play guitar right, again? Right, 2001 or two. I thought he fell asleep on his arm or something. <laughs> I like that story the best. Can you imagine? I swear to God, I, I got to check his book out. Uh, but yeah, it was like he was in like a 
heroin coma or something, and that's when he quit. That's got to be the worst. An- <laughs> Why don't you play guitar anymore? I fell asleep in my arm. <laughs> I swear it was something like it. Like nerve damage. And, and uh, I it don't was know. an extreme falling asleep out of Man, that's, that's, a, that's a slumber. Someone's going to hear this and like, no, that isn't wrong. Absolutely. Well, well, Where's the fact bastard? That's what we're I doing. know. We'll, we'll actually just, um, we'll, I'll cut him in right now with the actual answer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll put that right in there. So right in that time, he must have, I guess, because he couldn't play guitar and, and do whatever, he decided to, I think he owns the rights to all those, those older albums, but he went and with a lot of them, it's really interesting to hear the differences. He went and like a crazy person, uh, he didn't, he didn't just remaster them. He remixed them yeah. and he also re-recorded his vocals. On I didn't certain, know that. Yeah. On certain songs, he redid vocals, um, Oh, I'm trying to think of which which song that it's you can really tell the difference. But he, uh, to to give you an example, the the opening track, you know, "Into the Lungs of Hell," actually has horns in it. Did he? Did he also like? I haven't heard that one. Like I have the the remastered version of uh, of the first record, but Rust in Peace was pretty good. Because there's a couple of them that are really weird too. They remastered. But did he that. keep it the, the original version and then do the spiced up one next no, to it or something? It's gone. It's fucking gone. You can't. The only he Lucas did. Yeah, he absolutely George Lucas did. You can't find them anywhere. The only I have one that has like a. My initials on it from when I'm in college, when <laughs> when uh, when you know you'd be at a parties and you're, you'd, you had to claim your CD back at the end of the night or whatever, um, <laughs> they get messed up. So that one is that's the only you have to go on like a hunt it down, but for that for the original the version you have. But my point is like what I was talking about the production is that it is so you, you take that away and it's gloss like Anarchy in the UK for example on that on the redone one is terrible because it, it, it it's it's just clean too clean he, he can you imagine that album with really clean production no i mean it's better i mean i actually just listened to it yesterday well yeah you, you got when you hear the difference when you've heard it so many times you know what i mean and you hear the new version right. you can absolutely tell everything but anyway i have no idea why i'm going on so long about a 1988 album why don't you tell about an, uh, us about a 2015 album baco 16 i'm sorry yes see 2016 Megadeth, the threat is real. Go out and buy it if you like Megadeth. I, I, I will. I, I, dystopia. Yeah, dystopia. If you like the stuff from like Euthanasia, or maybe even um, what was one right before that, uh, the big one, Countdown to Extinction. Mm-hmm. It's not really going to do much for you if, if, if your heart is in that stuff. But it, it may be. There's going to be Megadeth prudes that will say I'm wrong, but I, I think it's pretty close to Endgame or Rust in Peace, or kind of a blend of those two. Cool. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I like the. I think the the new uh, Kiko Lariro. Lariro. 
Larry Rowe, I think, is how we decided it was going to be pronounced. Larry Rowe, uh, he's the that. best guitar player Megadeth has ever had. <laughs> I like how you actually. I think you added that in that. Yeah. Did you did you use some of that from the when we talked about that before? Yes, definitely. That was the inspiration. You had shared that story with me. So. I, I I thought that was where you got that from. But but yeah, so he's got um, Baco has a review up on Decibel Geek for that album. Definitely check it out. And it is now. I think he he, he continues his streak of inappropriate genital references. Um, yeah. Which one did you use this time? I think it was some type well, I of drug. I used two. The doctors uh, are using the record to uh, treat erectile dysfunction, mm-hmm. uh, and then also that also the Megadeth hipsters will use that term. Whatever the, the the lifers or diehards are not properly crediting uh, will not properly credit Mustaine and company for the boner in their sweatpants. <laughs> Anyway, so I think that's 25 articles in a row. So it's a good streak. I mean, it's, it's hard to keep the creativity and phrasing it in a different way, your feeling for, for the music. <laughs> so I applaud you for that. But uh, with enough, enough of that, why don't you, uh, what track you want to play? Let's play Dystopia off of Dystopia. Dystopia 
right, that was the title track from Dystopia. What does that mean? What's that word mean? Oh, shit, if I had the review in front of me. It's like an imaginary, shitty place to be. Um, <laughs> the o- opposite I, of, I, I looked of, uh, up the actual word and used the definition at the beginning of the review. You know, it's an easy way to knock out, you know, 20 to 100 words. Gotcha. Good deal. <laughs> well, Tip for future writers out there. So we would, uh, you know, at this point, since, you know, Lemmy has died, there's been somewhere between uh, one to two million <laughs> tribute podcasts and uh, articles and, and things like that. And and so we don't want to, you know, we just want to uh, acknowledge and, and give a tribute to him. But, you know, I, what was the last time you saw Motorhead live? Or I guess what are your initial thoughts? I know you read an article. Well, I, I don't think it should be too much of a surprise he was 70 years and you know 70 years old and anybody who knows how he lived you know that's a a pretty decent achievement when you consider you know i mean even just what he's accomplished you know in the last 5 years much less 35 40 years so yeah it's it's sad um and and the tributes while they have been many at, at least you know i'm glad it didn't get glossed over by uh, a, you know a lot of mediums that probably would do so with you know more successful acts but you know i I saw it on good morning america and that that was kind of i don't know that's shocking i didn't even know encouraging yeah it's like it it, yeah they they didn't dedicate the show to him but (laughs) can you imagine they played a clip of you know (laughs) um of them playing um ace of uh, spades ace of spades of course and you know talked about it and how he died but it does sound like now that some of the details are coming out, let me knew too. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, obviously, with all due respect, uh, it was the second most um, unsurprising death of the year. What was the first? Scott Weiland. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, sadly. it's just sadly, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I actually, when was the last time you saw Motorhead? It's been a while. I want to say, well, Nashville Pussy was with him, and it was at First Avenue. Oh. Two years ago, three years ago, no longer now. Longer than I'd that? Say seven, okay. eight, or nine, two thousand seven, eight, somewhere in that area. So you know, I, I like I've mentioned before, I became a, a Motorhead fan just about two or three years ago, and really just dived into the catalog and everything. And and you know, up until that point, I only knew that the few, you know, a couple handful of songs, like the ones that you have heard before on the. Yeah. And uh, so finally, a good band was coming down to where I live in South Florida, which you know we are in a drought here, and you are in a a flood of rock up there all the time. Comparatively but, speaking. Comparatively speaking, yes. So they, uh, on September 26th, I was able to see Motorhead, Anthrax, and Crowbot. And I, what a, <laughs> what a great fucking lineup to begin with. And, yeah. and there is to this place that I mentioned before, there was the same location where I saw the whole funny episode where we did like the kicks and slaughter and LA guns concert. Right. It's like a 1500 seater. Maybe two, man, probably two thousand. This was much more packed than that silly concert. I mean, this was that's encouraging. Yeah, it was definitely um, definitely packed. But the 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 deal was is that you know they took the stage, and first off, you've seen Mr. Deeds, right? Yeah. I have, I have no idea where he came from, but I was expecting him to limp up. But I was like, I must have looked away for like 10 seconds. And then, boom, there was Lummy on the stage, like the little, <laughs> like the little sneaky guy. Yeah. And he was up there. and the he Thoreau's character. Yep. But he did not say the trademark intro. Really? 
He didn't do the We Are Motorhead and We Play Rock and Roll. He just stood there, and then the band just started playing uh, uh, Bomber, which was a great opener, obviously. But but he said nothing. You could not hear his vocals, and that's pretty much what you want. <laughs> you kind of want to hear. Yeah. Uh, they bust into Stay Clean, Metropolis, Over the Top. Hey, yeah. uh, let me ask you this. Yeah, I go ahead. We talked about it when you, when you uh, first were covering the show. Uh, how loud was it? I mean, cause... <laughs> That's what I'm about to go into. That's a good okay. trend. It's an excellent transition because I know we had that story before. So why, why, don't you, why don't you recap that, your experience with that? I, I should mention that this is an amphitheater. It's outside. But oh, go ahead with yours. That's right. Okay, I remember now. Uh, yeah, the first three times I saw Motorhead was outside. The last time was inside in a, a club that is, I think, <laughs> seats a thousand. Yeah. Uh, it's First Avenue uh, in Minneapolis. And I had no idea what I was in for. I mean, it got to the point where, um, I don't know, just imagine a wall. I walked around the wall to listen to about the last hour, or, or not hour, half hour of the set probably, because it, it just it got painful. And I've been... Uh, I go to a lot of concerts. I've been in bands, you know. I've no, been, you were hiding. You, know, you were hiding yeah, from it. it yes, was a and I was not the only one. Okay, <laughs> there were people. It was a, a tight area, but just to get a little ocular relief, it just, not ocular, whatever, eardrum, ear canal. It sounded good. I was going to go with it. I was, I was going to look that up later. Yeah, I think ocular is ocular. Ice. I never thought I would hear ocular tonight. That's good. Yeah. But no, it, it, so it was painful, right? You had to get away. It was like some kind of, like you probably... Um, it was, and I think I didn't notice it at the outdoor ones because the sound travels and it just keeps going. So while it was plenty fucking loud, it wasn't bouncing it around the hard walls and coming back at me, you know? Right. So first off, it's ridiculous they play that loud. So that, there's a related story <laughs> of, uh, of uh, Joey at Rock Strikes 10, one of our, um, you know, the podcast that we endorse, and definitely go mm-hmm. check that out. He told a quick story about kind of the same thing where he was at a concert he'd been at, at, and, and it was so loud he'd been seeing Motorhead several times on this recent tribute episode he did but he said he knows all the Motorhead songs he goes there was a four song part of the show where it was so painful he has no idea what the songs were <laughs> and it felt like actually it was like it was some kind of um, oh like warfare kind of like some kind of uh bomb like like you would you would you would use to fight armies with sound yes. like just rattling your cage and i heard and i've heard this all this like i heard your story and i heard his after and let me tell you i right in the beginning for during bomber and like stay clean first off this this pompano amphitheater like the front seats are anywhere between 75 to 90 dollars and the people that buy them and by people i mean idiots it doesn't mean it's ridiculous. You can buy a $20 ticket. There's no security and you can get right up in the front. They don't care. So, you know, I want to get a picture of him. And I was just happy at this concert to tell you, Baco, that the fact that he made it there. Because I thought with, 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 with there all There problems this, leading up to it. Yeah, lots of problems. And I was like, God damn. I'm like, the, the, the one time, you know, I was going to see him. And I was so glad that I was able to see him. But <laughs> let me tell you. I was up there up front taking pictures, which I shared on our page. They turned out okay. You know, they're yep. just on iPhone. But, you know, I was there for probably two songs. <laughs> Fucking went back to this. To, it's, the, it's, one of, it's the only concert that I have chosen. And this doesn't end here. It's the only concert that, I, that I've chosen to leave be, uh, and go back to seats further away because it was too goddamn loud. <laughs> my buddy that's with me, Mike, he's like, oh, it's so loud. It's starting to, uh, my ears are starting to hurt. And I'm like, dude, I know. He has these little like upside down tornadoes of paper sticking in his ears. <laughs> All of a sudden, he uh, 
pulls one of them out and he's like, oh, oh, oh my God. I'm like, uh, I, I, I got something stuck. I got some of this paper stuck in my ear. It's hurting. It's hurting. He goes, hey, why don't you use this straw? I go, hold on for a second. You want me to suck, stick in front of a bunch of Motorhead fans. You want me to stick a straw in your ear and, <laughs> and suck out a piece of paper. And Mike, if we're going to do this, if I'm going to apply a straw as a friend to your ear canal and, and, and take that out, we are not going to do it here. So we actually left there um, and it finally fell out. But I'm like, what the hell? I, I'm like, only me could, could, could miss a couple songs because I had to uh, potentially <laughs> suck, suck a paper out of a dude's ear. That's how loud it was, and we actually left at at Ace of Spades because we couldn't take it. We in the amphitheater, we went all the way to the back for two days. My ears rung. Did you watch the funeral? Did you? Yeah. How was it? It was really cool. Were they, they a bunch who 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 like got up and a lot uh, of people got up and talked or? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, some bigger stars. Like, I mean, they ended with Dave Grohl. Uh, Dave Grohl had a cool story. I'll share though for anybody that didn't watch it. It's real short. Uh, he uh, had inviting. Do you remember when they did that uh, Dustin Bones tour where it was all acoustic, Foo Fighters? I do. And he, um, he invited Lemmy down to see him when they were doing L.A. or whatever. And he's backstage and he hears somebody playing Motorhead and, and, and he's like, finally, somebody in the band besides me listens to Motorhead. And he goes to this room and it's just Lemmy in there by himself listening to Motorhead. That's I thought awesome. that was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Hey, Baco, you, you got anything else to say? No, just God bless you, Lemmy. Absolutely. So I'm going to, um, everybody's been listening to tons of tracks from Motorhead lately. I'm going to play a tribute to them called Your Inner Lemmy, as in channeling your inner Lemmy. It's by a band called Devil to Pay. It was a free download on Bandcamp, or you can pay whatever you want, 50 cents, a dollar, two bucks, whatever, if you want to give some money to them. This is a band out of Indianapolis who played one track from them before. This song pretty much is what a Motorhead song would sound like uh, and uh, really catchy chorus. So here is Your Inner Lemmy by Devil to Pay.
So, yeah, since we're talking about death, you know, people killed by death, um, you know, people have been dropping like flies lately. And uh, before we even go to the next thing, you know, I think in the next three years, not to be grim, we're going to see a lot of our both uh, movie stars and, you know, artists we love and grew up with just dropping. Yeah, I think? think we're starting to hit that age group where it's going to be people that, would, that affect us. You know, I but, think probably more like the, the next decade is going to be kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, we're going to see that. So the next, you know, the next one on the that the was a surprise, unlike uh, unfortunately, um, wasn't a surprise like like Wyland and, and and Lemmy as much was David Bowie, right? Yeah, yeah and, because we didn't know if I, I mean, at least I did. Yeah, nobody did. Um, and you know, why don't you kind of, you know, I did a little post. Um, you said it kind of summarized your feelings. You want to uh, just kind of talk about that real quick? Yeah, I mean, uh, correct me if I if I misquote you here a little bit, but you just kind of touched on that you weren't the biggest fan in the world, but a lot of his hits like uh, Young Americans or Suffragette City, you know, Ziggy Stardust, these are things that, like, pop up in your playlists a lot that you make because, you know, they're just, they're kind of like the, the you know, I know he's not American, but uh, part of the American songbook, you know, as far as, like, things we grew up with and listened to and, in that sense, anyway, and, I, and that's how I felt about it. You know, I don't think um, I don't know that I've ever sat down with a, a David Bowie album. I've tried other than, other than Changes Bowie. I think I own Ziggy Stardust on vinyl somewhere. Yeah, but that would have been just because my sister left it at her house. Yeah, I mean, uh, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. I mean, I like, I like, you know, uh, select songs, <laughs> heroes, and I love heroes. Yeah, heroes is great, and you know, I. But, I, I always thought it was kind of odd. Um, well, didn't uh, Ted Nugent use "Wham Bam, Thank You, Ma'am" and something? I don't know. Am I just thinking? Yeah, in Wango Tango, I swear he says it. That not really my point. Uh, David Bowie, for whatever reason, was given a pass. That is a really moronic, simple statement. But of course, when he says it, everybody says you know looks at it like it's irony. And, <laughs> I didn't think about that. It's true. Like if it was in a, a, a like a hair metal song, it'd be like, yeah, if it was a Motley Crue song, it, you know, wham, bam, really thank you, ma'am. What? It's like Sweet Poon Tang. This, this is his version. And to be fair, it is right to say that Bowie was using it ironically, but <laughs> you got that right. Yeah, for David Bowie, what really soured me, and I don't know if this this. Um, you know, it, I actually went. I was like, this guy. You know, he's so he's so revered. So I went and bought albums. I could just never get into him. That that right. with, with his, it was just a little too artsy for me. For the except for the you know the the singles and whatnot. But you know what really turned me off on on his stuff was first off, I can't stand the song "Fame." The song "Fame" <laughs> drives me out of the wall. You know, you talk about uh, you know repeating a chorus enough. I think "Fame" is said three hundred times in that song to begin with. It's like it's like it's like torture you could actually it's like a, a form of waterboarding to me when i first heard that it was on I, I, I had gotten like probably through one of those record club signups that i never you know uh held up my end of the agreement nobody did um i got changes bowie yeah and when that came on i'm like wait this was a hit yeah i was like wait this was played on the radio. I had never heard the song before. You know, well, we can fame, oblivious. fame. We can do yeah, the podcast I, just with yeah. me saying fame over and over again on top of what you're talking about. It's the same quality. So then the other part was, do you remember a video in the 80s where it had Mick Jagger and David Bowie together? It was called Dancing in the Streets. Yes. And they were zipping down. And they were wearing like MC Hammer fucking uh, fluorescent pants. And uh, the, do you remember this video? 
Of course. Uh, it, 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 it. Did you like the video? At the time, I loved the song and the video. Wow. Okay. It, it haunted my dreams. And the other thing that haunted my dreams is the uh, in Labyrinth that his tights. <laughs> He, he That's was, a touchy subject in this house, okay? What do you mean? He's like smuggling cucumbers and that shit. He's like uh, spinal My tap. wife loves that movie. When she heard about <laughs> David Bowie died, she shared a picture of him from Labyrinth. Of course. And the, that's that's and, her, David Bowie. And the tights. And the, the, there's a song he sings in it, too. And I, it's, you know she owns the DVD, so it goes in once in a while. And it's just garbage. And she sits in the chair and sings along with it, but... Jesus. Is it called I Can't Find My Way Out of Here? Uh, I don't remember what. No? I can't find my way out of this labyrinth. I also can't stand that duet he does with Bing Crosby that everybody loves. I don't know what that is. Some rumpa pum pum the little drummer boy. So what, what, you want to play a David Bowie song? Something you like? Anything? Oh, by Bowie? <laughs> would it be by I mean a cover I thought you just cool... said lover boy I couldn't oh my them. god yeah just randomly let's play some lover boy hey I was taken aback it's fine go ahead yeah if I gotta pick one it's the suffragette city
of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All because of a fancy bike? 
not just bikes. We also make a rower. Have you ever tried to row? Too hard. Not with Form Assist. It actually teaches you how to row. So it doesn't matter if you're a first-time rower or a seasoned pro. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try the Peloton Row risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 